It's such a privilege to be with you. I just want to tell you how much I love Ed. Um, we do too. <laughs> 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 yeah, am I the only one who loves Ed? No. I got to know Ed actually through Adam. Uh, I've known Adam uh, a long time. <laughs> uh, Adam was on an internship program and I did some mentoring with him when we lived here for three months. We lived in Newport for three months, so um, we brought our family over. Uh, I was doing some work with uh, the Fellowship Church Planters at that point. And uh, I got to know Adam really well. And uh, we, uh, we stayed friends and in contact and he introduced me to Ed one day. So, <coughs> um, and then we kind of got to know each other, we kind of would connect every now and then. And then when, just before the pandemic, we were over here, and I, I, we really connected at that point. Um, we were supposed to be meeting, and I had to fly home um, <laughs> uh, quickly, uh, because of what was happening in the world, uh, which, which I wasn't very happy about. But uh, me and Ed then started connecting on Zoom. Uh, well, actually it was on Messenger, but you know, that, that kind of digital thing that I'm not very good at. Um, and uh, we've got it what, every other week, virtually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, we we just enjoy. We become really good friends, digital friends. But now you know we kind of we kind of physical friends as well, which is great. It's been great to get to know his family and to get to know Sulai and uh, Elijah and Arabella and Brendan as well a little bit more. And uh, I attended one of the house churches with. Ed Senior last time I was here in November, uh, that time Jessica didn't come with me so I only came for a very short time because I can't be allowed out on my own too much. Um, so, uh, so that's it. Can I, I just got a couple of words for people, is that okay? Can I just do that? Does I start? Um, yes. Just some, uh, often when God speaks to me, you know, and uh, I was standing next to this lovely young lady here and your name is? <coughs> Serena. 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 I should have known that. She were introduced earlier on, but you know, I'm old. Uh, I a, so, or I'm getting old. I'm not really old. Um, <laughs> there are other people in the room going, you're not old. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Serena, I, I, um, I, as, I, as, I was, as we were just worshipping, I just felt God say this to me, is that he sees you. And you need to know that every day he sees you. Not just does he see you, but he hears you and he's with you. And all the things that you've gone through in your life, he's been with you in the midst of that, even when it's felt it hasn't been that way. Okay? But God just, need, he just wants you to know that he really sees you. You are not invisible. And that he is not deaf. Hmm. And even when you think he's been deaf, you know, because we all think that, right? <laughs> okay, do you know what? Well, I'm the only one, but, you know, so, but, but, and God just wants to, just to know, for you just to know those things. Uh, okay? So, Father, we just thank you for Serena. Uh, Father, we want to, her to know that we see her, we hear her, and we walk with her. And all that's going on with her. So we just pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. And it's really interesting actually because Elijah and Angel, you know, as you were leading worship this morning, I thought this, these are guys with a heart after my own heart. Angel, your name 
Is that, is that your name or is that your nickname? Is, it's Angel. It's Angel? Uh, it's, you're going to be like an angel to people. <laughs> okay. Um, and don't be afraid of that. But, uh, and God's got a call on your life. So it's really interesting when, they, when, when you said that. I thought, oh, I've got something right, right? <laughs> Woo! <laughs> but, uh, but it's not going to be an easy road for either of you. Uh, you just need to know that. Ministry is not an easy, easy road. And it might be, when God says he has a call in your life and you want to go into ministry, we often think full-time, all that. Kind of, yeah, it's not necessarily that. Okay? It's about walking with him. All of us are called, right? Is that right? Yeah. Amen. We're all called full time. <laughs> but God's got a, a real marked call on your lives. You've got a very, very sweet heart. And most guys don't like me saying that today, you know. <laughs> most guys most guys are like, oh, I don't want to be a I don't want to have a sweetheart, I want to have a strong heart. <laughs> you know, uh, nurture your sweetheart. Because it will bring God's love and his grace and his gentleness and his kindness. Jesus had a very sweet heart. In English we say that you, you have a winsome spirit. I, I'm not expecting you to know what that means. Because, uh, I don't think most English people know what it means. They say it, but, but just have a look it up. You know, just, just see what, what's going on there. And uh, Arabella, was, was she around? Hiding in the sound room. Ah. God's called you to adventure. Okay? You're an adventurer. Don't let anybody tie you down. Sorry, Mum and Dad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that's what the Lord <laughs> <laughs> We'll see. <laughs> okay, there might be some more later on, but Okay. Okay, so I'm Welsh, so please do not call me English. Okay, that's an insult. <laughs> Am I I'm not sure what's going on here. You're winsome. Is that better? Yeah. Let's see. Hopefully, I had a, had a little bit of a. Um, so uh, now I'm from Wales. It's a little country of about three and a half million people on the west side of the UK. It is a nation of its own, uh, as well. You know, this is very important. You know that <laughs> it has more sheep than it does people. Um, <laughs> just a little fact for you, uh, but. Uh, and, uh, but I've been living in England now for, um, well, longer than I lived in Wales, actually, and um, I'm a missionary to England. God called me to be a missionary to England uh, because they needed it. Um, <laughs> uh, and I met my wife, who is English, but by marriage she's Welsh. So that's okay. <laughs> Churches, we've planted a church in, in, in Luton in the UK, and we've been part of that, pastored it for a number of years, and then they released me to do other kind of work. 
we've worked in Turkey and the US, Serbia, um, all kinds of places like that. We do a lot of mentoring as well. If you wanted to sum up what we do, I think we would say that we help develop people, we build communities, and we change environments. That's what that's the kind of three things that we would we would call call to that. Um, this is our 25th year of coming back and forth to Rhode Island. Wow. Uh, so it's like our silver jubilee. <laughs> uh, you know, our silver wedding with you guys. And uh, we have a, such a heart, and uh, we tried to move here at one point, and that didn't kind of work out. <laughs> they wouldn't have me, and every time I come through now, I have to go into the back room at, the, at Boston Airport oh, to no. be interviewed again. You know, so anyway, that's a, that's a whole other issue. Um, <laughs> uh, so I love you guys. I'm not sure you love me. Do you know what I mean? That, that's, that's kind of how it feels sometimes. Anyway, but we have a we have a, a a really deep love for Rhode Island, the smallest state, right? These are the three things that what I was told when I first arrived in in in, in uh, Rhode Island. This is the smallest state. We were the first to secede from the from the British Empire. And we were the last to join the union. That's right, independent. Yeah. And our symbol on top of the steakhouse is the independent man. Somehow you're, you're really proud of that. Guys, don't be proud of being an independent person. We need to be interdependent, right? No one can tell us what to do. That's <laughs> right. So I know that, I want to get on now to speak it, okay? <laughs> You haven't got a clock up there, Ed, you know, somebody's going to get away when it's time to stop, okay? <laughs> give, me, give me a five minute warning, uh, if that would be alright. Uh, what, I've lost? Oh. We might have to go to the handout team. Or try oh, to put it in your front pocket. Put it in my front pocket? Yeah. Try there. Okay, from that. Let me try it outside my pocket. Yeah. Okay. So it's more, I, I mean, I know this year has been a kind of focus on discipleship for you guys. Is that right? Uh, that's, that's, what, that's what Ed told me. So, you know, so I'm taking, he knows what's going on. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so what I'd like to kind of quickly just touch on, well, what does, what does it mean to walk like a disciple? You know, um, when I was growing up, there was a, a song that was very popular at the time, Walking Like an Egyptian. Um, uh, but uh, this is Walking Like, what does it mean to walk like a disciple? What, is, what does that look like? How does that happen? What is, what is the essence of it for us? <clears throat> and I, I'd like us to take a little uh, look through Ephesians. I'm going to touch on a couple of chapters. Um, so if, you want to, if you've got a Bible and you want to turn to Ephesians, we'll get there eventually. Um, <clears throat> so I love Ephesians. I, Ephesians is a wonderful book. It talks to identity. It talks to our relationships, and it talks to discipleship, and it talks about how can we be transformed. It's, it's a wonderful book. I spend a lot of time in Ephesians. If I'm feeling down, I normally turn to Ephesians, just simply because it's just such a rich book. Mm -hmm. You want to know, yeah, I think we're in a crisis of identity in our nations at the moment, would you say that? Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. Ephesians 1. Go and read it over and over again. In Him. That's your identity. In Him. Your identity isn't how you look, what you do. It's in Him. In Him we are. In Him we are. Fantastic book. I don't want to talk about that this morning. But, um, so, I'd like us to 
Look at Ephesians 2 in a moment, okay? So I'm giving you so you can move slowly to where we're going, right? Paul outlines here the fundamentals of discipleship and <laughs> helping others into discipleship as well, right? Because we are disciples, but we are also disciple makers, right? All of us. Nobody in this room, if you know Jesus this morning, is exempt from disciple making. None of you are too young or too old, either in years or faith. You are all called to be disciples and disciple makers. We will always be disciples. No matter how old we get, how wise we get, we're always learning until the day we die. As soon as you stop learning, you need to be in the grave. <laughs> My first mentor told me that. <laughs> well, one day I was trying to tell him how much I knew. <laughs> go to him. Ian, you need to learn until the end of your life. When you stop learning, there's a time you need to go to the grave. Because you may as well be dead. <clears throat> so Paul outlines some of the fundamentals here of discipleship. It's the... I, we're going to look, into Ephesians, look at Ephesians 2, and I would say this, this about Ephesians 2. It's the very nature, approach, attitude, and fuel for walking as a disciple. It doesn't mention the word disciple, <laughs> but actually, this is the very approach. If we approach this in any other way, if we try to follow Jesus and, and, and live his way in any other way but what's in Ephesians 2, we're dying. It's a big statement, isn't it? It'll become legalism to us. It'll become a struggle. But it'll always be easy, but... <clears throat> but before we get there, <laughs> I'd like to take a little detour and give you a, what I think is probably the best definition to me anyway, in, in the Bible, in terms of what a disciple really is, okay? So, it's this. Therefore, I urge you, my people, in view of God's mercy, offer yourselves as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual worship. Hear that? You know, we often think that we've just done worship, right? is worship. It's how we live is worship. This is part of it. This helps, this helps fuel that. But if you just think, on, once a month now, right, <laughs> you come and this is your sole thing of worship, you're really in trouble. No, our lives need to be given as a holy sacrifice and lived out as worship before men. Do not Conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I talk to a lot of people in, in what I do, and they go, I don't know what God's will is. I normally take them to this verse and go, okay, before we start trying to see what God's will is, are we here yet? <laughs> Are you being transformed yet? You know, are you living your life as a sacrifice before God yet? If you really want to find out what God's 
will is, his perfect will. And you need to be in this passage. <clears throat> Elsewhere, God, God speaks about being transformed from one degree of glory to another. That's discipleship. That's the aim. It's not just some kind of, you know, I, I, I remember reading, when I first read that, I thought, oh, God, man, that's, that's, that's cool, isn't it? That, that's probably, you know, when we get to heaven and we go, one degree of glory to another. No, no, this is now, every day, we need to be being transformed, not conformed, but transformed, right, from one degree to another. <clears throat> Discipleship is about walking in obedient service and transformation. Those are, the, those are the kinds of three things, okay? We're walking in obedience, service, and transformation. So I just want to ask you a question. How are you being transformed? For the little challenge out there. How are you being transformed? Because if you're not, then you'll probably need to look at that a little. <laughs> and in this Romans 12, the call to disciples is rooted in mercy, doesn't it? It says, my people, I urge you. It's a really strong word. I urge you in view of God's mercy. Not because you want to be better, not because God tells you to, but because of God's mercy. I urge you, in light of God's mercy, because of God's mercy, be transformed. So discipleship needs to start, that's the place it has to start. Is at the place of mercy and grace. Ephesians 2. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. Now, listen. As for you, all of us are included in that, right? It becomes late, important later on. Uh, in which you used to live, when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient, all of us, also lived among them at one time. We all did. This is where we start. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. Okay? Here's one of my favorite words coming next in the Bible. But. Do you love but? <laughs> in, in Wales, you know, um, your mate, we don't call them mates or buds. We call them butties. All right, but? That's what we say. All right, but? How you doing? That's Wenglish, by the way. Okay, so. <laughs> but. Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. 
This is the approach for discipleship. This is the approach for transformation. Yeah? yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Come on. Are you excited about this? Because of God's love and mercy and grace and how rich and how deep it is, we get to be transformed. Yeah. That's the way we need to look at it. Rather than God is holy and I have to get to a certain standard. And if I don't get to that standard, I don't work hard enough, I don't pray hard enough, and I don't serve hard enough, then I will not get there. No, no, no. If you go that way, I am telling you, you will fail over and over and over and over again. It is as we engage with God's love and his grace and his mercy... And realize that we were dead, but now we arrive. We were in darkness, but now we're in light. Thank you, Lord. Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> you know, we sang it, didn't we? Out from the grave we ran, or the cave, or whatever it was in that song. You know, it was like, I was like, yes, come on! <laughs> so when God talked to me about Serena, she was so excited <laughs> at that point in the worship. You know, we need we need to get excited by this these verses. Okay, let me go on. Um, <laughs> where, where, where have we got to? Uh, made us alive when we dead Christ. It is by grace you have been saved, and God raised us up with Christ and seated Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages we might show the incomparable riches of grace expressed in his wrath, <laughs> in his judgment. No, in his kindness to us who are in Christ. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourself, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared for us in advance to do. So here's the thing. We were all in that place of death and transgression, right? Mm -hmm. We were all objects of God's wrath. None of us are. Right? But God. <laughs> we, we can summarize it, right? But God. And how did God lead us according to this? What did he want to express to the world around? His kindness. You know, Romans says, it is the kindness of God that leads a man to repentance. Can I just say, you know, I, I find that the, 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 uh, we, we are such miserable people sometimes. <laughs> As the people of God. Aren't we? The world thinks that we're just miserable. Because we just moan about everything all the time. Aren't we? I mean, it's true, isn't it? Look at the state of the world and look how sinful it is and look at the transgressions and the impurity. You know, God isn't shocked by any of that. What do you think the fall was about? That's what happens. That's the result of it. 
And then we, we go, we, we say, we have good news. We got good news for you. You are a rotten, dirty sinner and you're going to hell. <laughs> wow! Does that make that? Oh, that gets me so excited. I remember the first time I ever heard that, I thinking, wow, I can't wait to meet this God, this God, this Jesus. I can't. No. no. Those things are true, right? That's true. But it's not good news. The good news is this that Jesus died, that he might know the kindness of God. We are all made in the image of God, right? Genesis says that, it's very clear. There was something corrupted at the fall. The problem is we think the whole lot's been corrupted and there's no good in anybody. No. And I just, that was my belief, that's, that's why I used to teach it, regularly. There's no good in anybody. Even the good things people do are just selfish ambition or it's for them. I don't believe that anymore. God's put something in all of us and we have to call that out of people. So when you see somebody doing good, don't say, oh, well, you're doing that for selfish ambition, right? Say, wow, I see Jesus. <laughs> you know, oh, Jesus would be really pleased with that. Or that's God in you because he created you with his image. I tell you, it's really funny. I, I, one of my friends said, yeah, you can't do that because, you know, they'll just get all proud. I said, well, I find the opposite. Whenever I do that to somebody, no, the normal expression, it's not all, but normally they say things like, no, no, they can't, there's no good in me. God, the God's not in me. I'm not good enough for God. You know, all have fallen short of the glory of God, right? That's where people need to understand. They have fallen short. That's true. And you can help them to understand that. But nevertheless, there's something about God's kindness in it. The more kind we are, the better it will be. Okay. So, that's the attitude, right? How long have I got? Bless. What do you need? No, 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 come on. No, sorry, I'm, I'm looking at the wrong person. Kevin's <laughs> great. I can do this in 10 minutes. <laughs> so let's turn to Ephesians 4. Because it's all right, all, all very well, right? But how do we practically get hold of this whole issue of transformation without um, getting into legalism or trying to do it in our own strength? <clears throat> Ephesians 4 is great. Again, I just love it. Let's pick it up at verse 22. I'd love to do the whole thing, but let's just do 22, from 22 on. So you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in your attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness. So transformation is all about putting off and putting on, right? We put off the old life and we put on the new life. The problem is we miss that verse in the middle. The really crucial verse in the middle here. <laughs> if I can find it again. 
to be made new in the attitude of your minds. Transformation happens in the realm of your mind and heart. I want to put those two things together because the biblical idea of mind isn't what we would necessarily think. Okay, so it's those two things together. That's what we need to be doing. And, but it's more than just stopping doing something. It's actually putting something new on, right? So we stop doing something. We have our minds changed, right? And our heart, therefore our hearts get changed. And then we put something new on. So, Paul then gives a load of examples. He says, if you steal, I won't go through the words, right? it's there in chapter 4, you can check out later. Okay, so, if you steal, stop stealing, get a job, and then give to the poor. Right? That's transformation. Stopping stealing isn't transformation. Right? Stopping lying isn't transformation. There's all kinds of examples in it. Okay? No, managing your anger isn't transformation. Okay? You have to deal with it. Just want to say there's only two ways to deal with your, your anger. Just quickly. Those are repent because you're wrong or forgive because you've been hurt. By the way, the Bible never teaches us that anger is wrong. Okay? It says do not sin in your anger. So sometimes we feel guilty for being angry. No, 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 no. That's fine. It's okay to be angry. And sometimes it's right to be angry. Because God gets angry. And God doesn't sin, right? So, can I just say, I just put throw another one in there. Sometimes it's right to be jealous. Because God is a jealous God. So that emotion, envy is wrong. Always. Do you know why? Envy wants to take away what the other person has. Jealousy wants to experience what the other person has. Sometimes I look at other Christians and I'm jealous. I'm jealous for the love they have. I'm jealous to see how they enter that together, right? With God. That's a good jealousy. Israel were the smallest nation and they were to make the other nations around them jealous by the presence of God in their midst. I get good at it now. I can do that without even noticing that. Okay, so let me just draw you a quick diagram, which hopefully will help you. I like simple things because I'm simple. Partly because I can do this anywhere in the world on a napkin in a restaurant, which is always that's always what I'm looking to do. Now, I'm always being, sorry, you're going to look, you have to, you have to come and look after, right? Okay, so, so this triangle is just really helpful to me, okay? So, because this is a triangle of renewal of, or, or of transformation. So it starts at the top here with revelation. In other words, God speaks to us about something, we see something, somebody teaches a church about something, and we are convicted. 
Now, it doesn't have to be sin. It can be actually just practice. That we, oh, something we didn't see. We didn't want to do it. You know? So, um, because anything that isn't by faith is sin, right? So, <laughs> in some sense, it's all sin. But, you know, just... Just because I know as soon as we use the word sin, we start thinking more about morality. Yeah. And it's more than that. Anyway, that's for another, another time. So we get revelation. Okay? Now, what most of us do then is we go to the year restitution. Which is a change of behavior, which I'll come, I will explain this more things. So we go this way around the triangle, right? What's wrong with that? Let me give you an example. Ed, preaching next, next time you're all together, he's going to talk on prayer. He's not. <laughs> At least I don't think he is. <laughs> okay? And you get convicted you're not praying enough. So what do you do? Start praying. Pray Start praying more. Right. Put your alarm on earlier, right? Get up earlier. Go to more prayer meetings. Sounds good, doesn't it? Problem is is you're doing it in your own strength. That's the problem. You haven't changed your mind. You've, you've skipped that verse. You've put off the old self, and you're putting on the new self without that little verse in between, mm. which yeah. was change your mind. Yes. Right? So let's take that away from there, so we don't get confused later on. <laughs> okay? So we need to go here. To repentance. You might want to do a bit of confessing. Okay? I'm putting that in there deliberately because I think we get confused with confession and repentance. Confession, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to do what? Forgive. So you, you've got an, you're an open way into his presence right now, right? There's no blockages anymore. So we've got to repentance. What does repentance mean? Anybody? It's no rhetorical question. You've got to thresh your hands Turn around. Turn around. Change your mind. That's exactly it. So how do we change our mind, though? You see, I think, again, that's, that's one of the things, you know, we often think about, we, we think about repentance as people being on their knees and crying and, you know, and, and being, no, no, that's, that's kind of this bit. Okay, repentance is about going to God and saying, unless you change the way I think, I will not move on from here. Do you think God holds back at that point? I think we we kind of yeah, God's not God's not answering this, is it? No, 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 no. If you say to God, I want to change my mind because I want to pray more, so you know, so it's actually not just thinking I've got to pray more. It's actually why do you need to pray more? It's changing the very way in which you think about something. <laughs> okay? That's repentance. So then, when you want to repent, you want the restitution. Now, restitution is putting off the old and what? You said earlier on? Putting on the new. Putting <coughs> on the new and more, right? Mm. Restitution basically means give back and more. And then some. So, for instance, if I stole money from Ed, okay, I say I stole $100 from Ed. Restitution isn't me giving him $100 back. That's repentance. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, that, that, that's realizing I'm wrong. 
It's when I give him $400 because I want to give more. You know, so I, I don't just stop stealing. I get a job so I can be useful. And then I give generously to those who are in need. That's restitution. Mm -hmm. Another way of putting this is that this, this then becomes the training in righteousness. This is where the transformation goes to action. You know, so you've had your mind changed. You kind of get in there. You know what you need to do. And this is the training in righteousness bit. Okay. <laughs> Spelling is not my strongest point. You know, so. <laughs> the good thing about this is, you will probably have to go around this three, four, five times to see full transformation. We're always in a hurry, aren't we? To God's not in a hurry about that kind of thing. He just lets you go around. You know? He goes around and he says, he says, I, I like you. Me and Adam, you know, got good friends. One of my, one of our good friends, once said to me, I was working with somebody and I, and I say, you know, it's such hard work. He's making such little progress. It's, you know, I'm not sure I want to keep working with it. Excuse me. And he said, Ian. Is he making progress? Is he moving forward? And I went, yeah, about half a step every four months or something. And he went, that's all it needs to be. <laughs> God is just looking for progress. <clears throat> this brings us to being more like Jesus. That's what this is about. Okay, so that's helpful. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Nearly smooth, right? This is not quite. <laughs> I'm just going to finish, and I'm not going to speak about this, I'm just going to finish with this. Just, I want to read the next couple of verses in uh, Ephesians. It says, Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children. And live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. I want to encourage you to allow this transformation to happen and for that transformation to be the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Worship team, you come up now. <laughs> I remembered. Um, <laughs> you see, Scripture says, it is by their fruit you shall know them, right? It is by their fruit you shall know them. And so often in our lives, we are thinking... You know, that's because we've led 100 people to Christ, or we've seen people healed, or we've seen the resurrection of the dead. Well, actually, Jesus says, you will do many miracles, people will do many miracles in my sight, and I will not know them. That's not fruit. Fruit is kindness, and love, and peace, and joy. That's the things that should be marking us as the people of God, right? You know, I was uh, I was sitting 
waiting to go to the bathroom earlier on, and I look over and it says, our vision is transformation. And our mission is love. love. you got to get the other way around. Our mission is love. Our vision is transformation. Your name is Graceways. I, I just felt God say, God is going to take you on a whole new journey of being a grace way for this state. You're going to be significant in it as you plunge into this kind of stuff in terms of Ephesians 2 and Ephesians 4. Let me pray for you. Father, we want to